Hello everybody, how you doing? I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Uh, my name is Uga Madi and you're welcome to today's episode of Ugo's Take. I want to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast from the very first episode to um, today's episode. It's because of you I'm able to do this. Every time I record a podcast, I always think about those who are able to listen to the podcast, who listen to the podcast, who always want to um, go on Spotify or go on Anchor or go on Apple Podcasts or different platforms to have a listen to what I have to say. Generally, <laughs> just my humble opinion. That's what I always put out there. The way I say things, I may not be right. And then like I always say, whether I'm right or wrong, you can you are free to disagree with me. Send an email, send a comment in the comment section. And I would always love to engage with people as long as we keep it respectful, we keep it um, civil and the spirit of love and understanding because um, we're all humans and we're entitled to having our different opinions with respect to um, anything we're doing. And so before I go into the topics we have for today, because we have some really important and... um, should I say not too sensitive topics, but really important topics and current topics that we have to um, dive into that I'll be giving my two cents about, giving my one cobra about, and maybe giving my one pound about as well. So um, the US election is done, or should I say almost done, because at some point yesterday, um, we see has some counting of votes going on. And um, but from what just but from the looks of things, uh, Joe Biden has won the election supposedly. So I'll be giving my opinion on that and what I think the aftermath would be. Um, also, uh, I'll be talking about um, Nigeria, the aftermath of the NTAR's, um protests that's going on in Nigeria and other parts of the world as well. And I'll be give, I'll also be talking about um, some business strategy and um, tips. Um, today I'll be talking about reviewing your business strategy because that's something that some of us um, who are into entrepreneurship we sometimes feel like we shouldn't do or we shouldn't review our strategy because we feel the strategy is just perfect and works all right. And so why should we um, review the strategy? Now, before I go into all that good stuff, I'll be just giving this little message to everyone out there who may be listening, that will listen, um, or that might speak to someone who may have listened to this podcast. And this is the simple message. Whatever you want to do, just start. And I've said this before on this podcast, and I don't mind saying it again because most things I talk about on this podcast are my own views. Sometimes I also struggle with those issues as well. So this is not someone who's perfect, just laying down the law for everyone to follow, but it's something that I think um, would be um, uh, beneficial for everyone. So if you want to start, whether it's a podcast or uh, an e-commerce website, or you want to apply for a job, a regular 95 job, or you want to 
even start a relationship or you want to buy a house you start if you want to buy a house you start saving your two pounds your five pounds or you start saving you know you want to start a business you start you may not have everything you need at that point but if you don't start you never know so just start because um like i said without the boss on this podcast i was wondering would people listen to this what do i have to say that people will listen to but once you start you get used to uh, the routine of doing uh, uh, what you do you get better you learn of people you you learn off yourself you learn from your mistakes and you're encouraged by the little successes that you have so um for me i'll say just start so that's my message for everyone who is listening who's hearing the sound of my voice or who's impacted by um anyone who's heard the sound of my voice so welcome to today's episode once again Yeah, so once again, welcome to another episode of Ugo's Take. Um, I know I've said this a couple of times, but I'm really grateful that you've decided to take a moment out of your day to listen to uh, my podcast. So thank you so much. Once again, my name is Ugo Amadi, and thanks for listening. So we'll dive straight into the main topics of today's episode, and it's the U.S. election uh, presidential election that's between Joe Biden and Donald Trump that's the incumbent. So, um, in the past few hours, it's been we've seen words like projected winner, we've seen words like president elect, even and Joe Biden has won the election if everything goes as planned. What we hear from the CNNs, what um, the Associated Press. Uh, put out yesterday that uh, Joe Biden is the winner uh, of the presidential election and he supposedly won 290 uh, electoral college votes as opposed to Donald Trump's 214 electoral college votes and um, while on I was on Twitter yesterday as you do um, going through and there was a comment I saw made by um piers morgan he said something about um he just dropped a statement saying or inferring rather because i'm not quoting him verbatim anyways so that um joe biden has the most votes or recorded the most votes ever recorded in by a candidate in the presidential election in terms of the margin and then he said the previous election Donald Trump had the highest votes as opposed to um, Hillary Clinton at the previous presidential election with that saw Donald Trump um, moving as um, president of the United States of America and then what I could get from the comments where people were trying to infer that um, he was trying he was actually in himself that being Piers Morgan was inferring that there was something dodgy going on and all that but I have this to say you know in eight years or close to in in the number of years five plus years 
There are definitely more people who have become 18 years and over. There are more people um, who have decided to vote. And, you know, this also, like the Piers Morgan statement, also ties into what Donald Trump has been trying to posit that um, you had election fraud and things like that. But in the previous election, the Democrats took Donald Trump for granted because they felt he wasn't an actual politician. You know, he's at best um, and it's um, a TV celebrity. You know, he's a billionaire. Though. He had the um, um, the a TV show on on um, on TV. <laughs> Supposedly, he had TV he had TV show uh, on TV and. That what that was what he was known for. So the Democrats really didn't take him seriously, and he made a lot of far-reaching statements that <laughs> some people in the Democrats felt like, okay, for sure, he's this gonna this this definitely would get him uh, uh, um, off the the ballot the ballot uh, uh, paper for the Republicans. Um, the Republicans themselves would not let him represent them. He got past the stage, still the Democrats took him for granted because they felt he wasn't a politician. He's a TV celebrity. Celebrity, he's a TV star. And then he would make statements like grab her by you, her you know, you know what. You know, he would say a lot of things and you know that you would feel normally if a politician makes those statements, his his career is dead. So continue taking uh, Donald Trump for granted and then he won the the primaries you know he won the primaries um, for the Republicans and then he when once he became flag bearer for the Republican Party he was able to speak to certain section of the American populace that people don't really or America herself doesn't really accept exist you know people in the extreme in the extreme right you know who feel they don't exist but they do he was able to speak to those people people that would normally not vote he was able to unlock their desire to vote because he was able to make them feel that he would be someone to drive uh, and their feelings drive their aspirations which would which to his mind was America needs to be great migration law needs to be strong or strengthened so or immigration laws need to be strengthened and then foreigners who come in supposedly to take jobs of people in America like look at uh, Mexico Mexicans coming into um, America to take jobs belonging to the supposed Americans you know those are the people that should be fought against and he was able to trigger people by saying those things whether or not he believed them believe his statements or not no one would ever know but those people bought into what he was saying and politicians like i would say politicians are politicians wherever you find them in the world so the republicans once he became their flag bearer they stood by him too thick and thin because they wanted to have a Republican in the White House. Whether the, the 
the likes of Mitt Romney or George W. Bush Jr. believed in him, him or not, no one came out to strongly oppose him to say no. Even Ted Cruz, who in, insulted uh, severally during the, the primary, during the debates at the uh, uh, Republican level, still stood by him, even when all these um, incidents came up with respect to his affair with former porn, uh, with, a, with a former porn star. Still, the Republican Party stood by him, even when people came up doing a Senate congressional hearing to give testimonies about Donald Trump uh, um, misgivings about the Russian interference in the American election still they stood by him because they wanted to have a Republican in the White House this and uh, fair enough the congressional hearing about the election tampering by the Russians was after he had won the election but the point remains they stood by him you know so coupled with the fact that you had the structure of the Republican Party and the people that would traditionally vote Republican Republican voting for him in addition to this new category, new section of the American populace that usually wouldn't vote, now voting he won the election so my point is Joe Biden whether through omission or commission was able to trigger a different section of the populace that didn't necessarily vote or weren't known for usually going out to vote and those are the young end of the millennial of millennials the younger end of millennials at this you're talking about the 18 19 20 year olds 21 year olds 22 year olds that never really used to vote you know they were never really keen on politics but when you had all Donald Trump go on to say and he went into the arena of the millennials which was social media he was always on Twitter tweeting this saying one extreme thing after the other trying to trigger his his base to keep his base happy you know and that's where the millennials get most of their information. So most of them would have felt like, hmm, I don't think Trump is the man for me. So when you align that to or align that with the fact that there are people who always vote Democrats for the Democrats, that will always vote for Democrats, come what may, whether you have a good candidate or a bad candidate, that would happen. So, and then... Joe Biden, though he's on the left, it's just my opinion, I feel he's more center-left in terms of his political leanings. He's not at the extreme left. So, some Republicans that were tired of Donald Trump are like, okay, we can vote. Or people that rather vote for Republicans felt like, okay, he's not really at the far end of the left so we can vote for him that's just a percentage so when you come when you have that combination with those uh, people that would always vote democrats and then the new section of voters that joe, uh, joe biden was able to trigger their interest in elections and who donald trump 
inadvertently, unwittingly triggered their interest in politics, in having the fate of of their nation in their hands. So Joe Biden would always win. That's what I always felt. And that's what has happened. So it's not a question of election fraud or, or election tampering. Well, every election in the world, there's always the likelihood of election tampering, you know, of election manipulation and things like that. So who's to say it hasn't happened? I don't know. But but when a candidate is popular, that's what you have. And when certain sections of the voting public, you know, are now made actual voting people then you have that change then you have that impacting the voting system though i'm not an expert on the american system election system because i'm used to what i have in my mind is you go on to the podium booth you vote and your pop the popular vote counts as 51 plus one but here but in america you have this um college system a bit too technical for my for my mind but we're talking about people voting there's never a point in time where you have the entire voting population voting going for elections there's never a time you have that when you have the entire uh, people uh, members of the public or the citizenry who are qualified to vote going on to vote but You are able to swing a candidate can swing the election in his or, or her favor by triggering a section of the population that is triggering their interests, triggering what they think about, triggering their mindset to know that it is for them to vote, that it's within the rights if they want to government policy to change, if they want a particular leader out of office, then they should go on to vote. And like I said, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, because during Donald Trump's um, electioneering campaign, that's the previous one, the one before, uh, obviously this one, where he won against um, Hillary Clinton, he was never the favorite to win, because one, you had a sitting democratic president two you had a more astute politician in hillary clinton who's been in politics all her life district attorney and then and so on and so forth the first lady for a, a, a two-term president and then and then she she goes on to uh, become a senator so you see she has more political pedigree than Donald Trump but she ended up losing the election because Donald Trump was able to speak to certain I wouldn't say primal but primal but I would say quasi primal instincts and desires and feelings and sentiments in certain sections of the of America, especially down south in America, was able to speak to certain sentiments, you know, like, oh, 
I will protect your jobs by ensuring that my uh, immigration laws are more stringent and his infamous build a wall speech and things like that. So he was able to do that. And then, so, and he came in as an, he came in as under the, with the aura of I'm not a, a typical politician. I'm just a citizen as you are, though I'm a billionaire, you know, though I'm a TV um, <laughs> celebrity, um, I'm just like you. That's <laughs> forget how weird that sounds, but he came in with that aura of not being a politician. I'm not a politician, I'm not a typical politician who, um, because you possibly have had history with politicians lying to you years, year after year dispensation after dispensation so i'm different so he came with that and he ran with that and he was able to trigger a base that would always complain in their houses in their communities but not go out to vote you know but not go out to vote but would complain would amongst your friends amongst co-workers would share certain sentiments who say, oh, this is what I feel, this is what I feel, I feel um, Jose shouldn't be here, I feel uh, uh, my name is, is Mark Josh, I should be the one that has this job, this Jose here, his English isn't too good, so he shouldn't be um, working here, it's because of him, we're not getting paid that much, but don't express the sentiment in larger America, Trump was able to trigger those folks and they voted and it affected how the election went so aside the um, russian tampering with the election sentence of the of the thought so now you had joe biden like the one he wasn't on the extreme left that's my opinion i think he's more center left that is a moderate left so he's not so you could see so therefore you had people who would okay hmm uh-huh i don't think i'm happy with trump so i would vote for joe biden though i've always voted republican or most of the time i vote republican so mm, i'll vote joe biden because he's not an extreme on the extreme left but he's so he will share some of my sentiments um but we need to get trump out of here so those people won and the millennials, the, the younger section of the of millennials. So I'm not talking about the 35, 36 year old, 38 year old. I'm talking about the 18 or let's say 20 to 25 that weren't usually voting one. And maybe even at a point when Donald Trump contested the first for his first term weren't qualified to vote now they've become qualified to vote and i know i've said this a couple of times but donald trump unwittingly triggered these people because he dropped into the universe that most millennials live in and understand and get their news from and get their opinion about stuff from which is social media and one of the biggest ones twitter because for me, I think it's 
Facebook is neck and neck with Twitter. And then sometimes you have Facebook slightly edging out Twitter in terms of popularity and usage and stuff. He went, he usually goes on there and tweets, you know, 140 words. I think now it's two, over 200 words plus on, on um, Twitter, the minimum um, characters you can have there's 200 plus characters. But now, so he went in there and was tweeting all the stuff he was tweeting. So it triggered people. So it's not shocking for me. You know, so Joe Biden, why was, and this, I have to say this before I'm done with this, with this, with this segment. I have to say this. There's something he said in one of his um, rallies, which was, can you imagine losing to someone like this? That is in reference to Joe Biden. Can you imagine losing to someone like this? That is, he said, and he also went and said he's the worst presidential candidate ever. So whether he genuinely believed that or not, I would say I'll go with him and I'll say he genuinely believed what he was saying that Joe Biden, a two-time vice president, was the worst candidate to you know he's ever seen. Yeah, I'll give that to him. Maybe he he's right in his own opinion. So that was that level of arrogance. The same that Hillary Clinton had, I think, when she was going up against Donald Trump. Because she, then she felt, huh, with all this extreme rhetoric that he keeps churning out, he keeps saying every day, and the controversies that keep coming up every day, the court cases that are charged against him on a daily basis, there's no way he's going to win this election. He must be one of the worst candidates ever. And boom, to her shock, she lost. Same thing just happened as well. In this election, I'll say, because the worst candidate, blah, 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 blah. Boom, he lost. So for me, Joe Biden, congratulations. Um, Kamala Harris is running mate. Congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris, so uh, was his running mate and, and now would be the vice president in this government. Congratulations, and let's see what they do. Now, let's let me i need to get home get back home to the african scene to the nigerian scene and say this yeah you may prefer joe biden over donald trump and joe biden is one it doesn't and wouldn't change america's relationship dramatically with nigeria with ghana with senegal with um terry loan you know, he would be a good president for America, as he should, to the best of his ability. Just like Donald Trump. Donald Trump tried to be the best president he could be, whether or not you disagree with his methods, with his means, with his policies, like I do, like I did, and I do presently disagree with his methods, building a wall and creating a racist rhetoric most of the, a lot of the time. But in his mind, in his cognitive, uh, um, uh, in, in his co- cognitive process, he was probably thinking, "I'm doing the best for America. This is the best way to rule America. This is the best way to move America forward." And he had this MAGA hat, "Make America Great Again." So, in his mind, he was doing the best for America. And so Joe Biden, 
and the Kamala Harris would do the best they can do for America in their own way. So, the best president. In one of his statements, I'm not quoting him verbatim as well, Joe Biden said, and rightly so, he said, I'll be elected as a Democrat, but I would be a president for all of America. So that's it. Whatever decision he makes, whatever foreign policy he adopts, is going to be for, in his own opinion, the best interest of the United States of America, not for the interest of Ghana, not for the interest of Sierra Leone, not for the interest of South Africa or Zambia or Namibia. It's going to be for the interest of the United States of America. So, Nigerian brothers, Manganian brothers, Syrian brothers, <laughs> we've got to step up our game. And in the next uh, segment, I'm going to speak on that as well. We have to step up our game. We should stop waiting for handouts. We should stop waiting for um, an American savior or a British savior or uh, a German savior. Um, a German uh, uh, chancellor that would save us, you know, um, American president that would create policies that would save us. No, that's not. Joe Biden is fun with all the memes, all the short videos, all the gifts. You know, you share. You know, Joe Biden president is fine, and he'll probably be an excellent president for the United States of America. But he, take note. <laughs> I know it's very obvious, but he's not the president of Nigeria, not Ghana, not South Africa. Whatever policies he adopts would be for the benefit of America. So the time has come. I know we celebrated, oh, Joe Biden, we had an election, he won Trump because for me, Trump was getting on my nerves. One of the reasons why when I go on Twitter sometimes, I laugh and sometimes I get upset. Like, What's this guy saying this again? You know, so it's time we start holding our own leaders. Our own leaders. It's time we start holding them accountable. It's time we start holding them accountable. You know, it's time we start holding them accountable. Yeah, it's time. So, enough of the um, Joe Biden is a Democratic president. No. And lastly, before I go, don't be afraid to prefer Joe Biden to Trump. Because what people want to tell you is, oh, Trump, if you're a Christian, you should support Trump. If you're a Christian, Trump should be your man. The church is not a political party. The mosque is not a political party. You know, the Hindu temple, or the Buddhist temple, sorry, is not a political party. So, you can say, oh, you must vote for this person if you're a true Christian, you must vote for this person if you're a true Muslim. No, 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 no. And that's what the evangelical movement has got wrong in the U.S., Oh, you must vote for a Republican. Yes, if you must vote for a Republican, if you want uh, to, to, to go forward, you must vote for Republicans. No, I like George George Bush, George W. Bush Jr. I, I liked him. I did, 
But Trump, no. That is the place we need to come to as politically sensitive people. Don't let people pigeonhole you to, oh, if you're on the left or into, or into left and right. Don't let people pigeonhole you to, oh, you must be found the left or must be found the right. Because that's what politicians over time you use adapt as a method to deceive people, to cause a divide between people, rob people of their senses. And you start only thinking about so whatever an extreme right person says, oh must be right. Whatever an extreme left person says, oh it must be right. You don't think anymore. So coming to the end of this segment and we'll be and stay with me, stay with me please, because we'll be going on to uh, which way Nigeria because we're going back we, we're coming back home we talked about America we talked about um, the election congress to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris um, will become the president in my opinion and vice president respectively of the United States after the election you know with Joe Biden getting 290 um, and, and, and to call it votes as opposed to 214 of um, call it votes got by Trump and and I think he needed 270, I think, to win. And he got 290. So that's 20 additional votes. So that's that's wonderful and excellent. And let's see how he rose as a president. And we'll be here to criticize. We'll be here to praise. As we'll always do. We're not tied to extreme left or extreme right. So stay with me the next segment. I'll be talking about which way Nigeria, the aftermath of the answers protest. Yeah, thank you all for listening and staying on to today's episode. So, you're welcome to this segment of the episode. And my name remains Ugo Amadi. So, and once again, you could follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, and you could like my Facebook page as well. And you can also send me emails to ugostake at coastside.net. That is U-G-O-S hyphen T-A-K-E at coolsite.net and I would definitely get back to you and interact with you and engage with you because I love engaging with my listeners because that's why I do this but not a podcast it's not just for, for, for fun or for some weird satisfaction though I love doing it but I do it because of you my listeners all those who follow on Spotify, who follow on Twitter, who gravitate to the link on uh, my Instagram page, on my Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening. I do this for you. So thanks for listening and thanks for following. So let's dive into this. So this segment, which way Nigeria, you know, which way Nigeria, um, because we've had the NSAS protests, you know, we've had the NSAS protests, we've had the 
uh, we have protests, we've had the social media hashtags, answers now, and SWAT, and things like that, you know. And I was seeing some additional demands being made and some more things being said. And for me, I felt like, yeah, this is what we want. Because for me, I didn't see the answers movement as the end all and beyond. What I saw with respect to NTARS or the whole protest was a catalyst for change in Nigeria. A catalyst for change. Because one thing that has been wrong with Nigeria over time is not the intellect of the people. 100% very intelligent people. Very intelligent people. Not the hard work, not the work ethic. Amazing work ethic by majority of the population. But the problem has always been the government, the politicians, and the lack of accountability. Because you could see someone who's, who, who previously could barely rob two Kobo coins together, or should I say two one Kobo coins together, becomes a House of Assembly member or becomes a councillor or a chairman of a local government and then in less than three months he's a multi-millionaire. How does that happen? And to make things even worse you don't have the development that you see, that you want. The infrastructure development, you don't see it. And then there's no accountability. There's nobody, there's no agency that truly is able to hold people accountable. And votes over the years have not really counted. You have the odd states here and there, and presidential elections here and there, where the general popular candidate won the election, but you don't have that sense of accountability. You know, you don't have that sense of being accountable to the people. You, know, you, you don't really have the sense of, okay, I am accountable to these people that I govern. You never really have that sense. really have that sense of accountability you know you never really have the sense that okay these people our leaders are accountable to us you never really have that you know so with so my to my mind my opinion I was I had a feeling that the answers campaign or protest or movement was meant to be an actual movement and would be a catalyst for
for change in this Nigerian polity. Okay. Now, I'd say to a large extent, not to a large extent, but to some extent, there has been some some developments here. Yeah? Like I've seen, you've had the some you have you've had various um, youth movements like you've had youth democratic youth democrats rather of nigeria which is good um it's meant to be a group that facilitates or preaches rather for good governance that's good and then there's a development called there's another body i think they are connected maybe wrong but it's called the youth democratic party it's you know youth democratic party of nigeria that's out there. So I haven't have issues when you have parties call themselves youth democratic youth blah 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 party youth XYZ party because to my mind once you say youth that means you're trying to exclude other people from participating in the party. Now we want I want you to run these parties, run these organizations and push them forward but we shouldn't neglect the older people or you know people who are sensitive to what we are striving for because that's what we really want and so jumping to have a political party and then moving on to another issue i have with it having a political party just off just two weeks or three weeks or a month after the protest, you ask yourself, what is the ideology of this new party? Is it just youth-centric or you have ideology set out? No, don't get me wrong. I'm 100% in support of having new parties because we've been fa- we, we have been failed. And this is not an AP... APC has failed Nigeria woefully under the leadership of the president Muhammad Buhari has failed the country 100% 100% he has failed the country and PDP has failed the country as well during their, their time in power and even in the PDP states that's the question you ask yourself are the PDP states any better than the APC states in terms of development, in terms of infrastructure development, social and uh, political development, in terms of socio-economic development, are the PDP states any better? Not really, if you ask me. Not really. Not really. I don't think they're better. But you, you may say, Ugo, I think they're actually better. But they aren't better. So it's not an APC versus PDP thing. It's a new age thing, a new dispensation thing. That is where, to my mind, I want Nigeria to go. That's where I want Nigeria to be headed to. A new age, a new dispensation, a new outlook on our life and shedding this saying, sorry for those who don't understand Pigeon, which is the saying, nobody me go make Nigeria better. We have to shrug that off because that is the lie politicians in Nigeria have sold to us. Just like um, Donald Trump sold to the Americans, make America great, make America great again. He sold them that that line 
and they bought into it and that's it. So we've been sold over time, not being going to make Nigeria better. APC sold us change. But what change have we seen? What sort of change have we seen? And I want to use this opportunity, use this platform to send out this message to you know to those people who are always against any new political party that comes into being any new political movement that comes into being they're always against it you know they're always fighting against it no uh we can't just have youth parties no destroy them no if you see aspects of a new movement that have that are flawed you should be able to say hmm I like your idea, for instance, you Democratic Party, I like your idea of a new party, a new perspective, you know, a new player in the, politi- in the Nigerian political scene, but the fact that you want to call yourself youth takes away from other demographics that you can deal with. You know, it takes away, it takes away from that, from you, rather, no, kill the party, we can't have such parties. No. We can't have this party. No. That's not the way to go. You may be in PDP and you feel, oh, you'll be the next chairman and you want to rip off the corrupt dispensation. The dispensation that over the years have seen people poor and suffering in the midst of plenty. And you want to rip off the corrupt situation, so you champion the cause of these leaders that we have. That's just sad, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, that's just 100% sad. It's just absolutely sad. You know, it's just sad. And you feel, oh, I have to survive. We should forget about this individual. It's good to want to survive, to want to thrive, to want to make something good out of your life. Don't get me wrong. But there are other ways you can make your life good other than just serving the peppers of the corrupt politicians that we have in Nigeria. There are other ways to do it. Let me say, Ugo, um, you don't, you're not here to see what we're going through. So how can you say? You know, you're not here to see what we're going through. And you were on the ground even more than I am, because I have family in Nigeria. You know, I visit Nigeria. You know, so I, I know things that happen. But you, that live in the country, most of the time, or you've lived in the country all your life. You should even feel the impact more. You know? Now, my advice to the new parties coming on stream is look for ways to ignite the fire. Just as I said in regards to the American election and things like that. Look for ways and techniques to trigger the young people at the grassroots level because this is not just speaking in in British accent or speaking in American accent or or for the affluent loan or for the elites no 
we are all one voice and one movement look for ways to trigger the fire in these young people who are in who are at the grassroots level at the grassroots level because if you're able to speak their language speak their houses speak your Igbo speak your pigeon you know you'll be able to get these people on board and if your heart is clean and you want and your intentions are pure things will work out right and have a structure that's what has killed so many good movements laudable movements with lack of structure the lack of structure so which way nigeria we're still on the segment we're still talking we're still talking we're not ending the segment just yet we're still talking which way nigeria now there's something that's happened or rather there are things people have been saying and some of them know and some are ignorant of the fact that when you say these things you deflect from what the issue at hand is about the people who talk about namdikano oh he's coming to talk about he's, he's he's lending his voice to this he's preaching violence he's preaching extremism Yes, most of us know that Namdekano is not someone you want to follow. But we also know what the message is. We also know what the protests have, protests have been about. And we also know the people who've led this protest. And now you want to deflect from the people who have led this protest, from the people who've lost their lives, to now talk about Namdekanu and use and use him like he is the centerpiece or the mouthpiece of the protest, and you want to use him to discredit the entire protest? That's just wrong. It's so wrong. And when corrupt politicians hear this, they are filled with joy because they know here again. An opportunity to change the country, an opportunity to take us out of office, and they're here causing confusion, and they're here def- helping us deflect from what the issue is. And over time, that's what people have always done. People in power find a way to deflect from the issues at hand. You know, even Animal Farm was a book I read when I was in secondary school. Napoleon always found a way to deflect from the complaints of people, from the complaints of the other animals. He always pointed over to, oh, Snowball, 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 oh, Snowball who's left the, who's chased out of the farm, he's still trying to take over the farm, do you want Snowball to be back, he wants to bring the humans back to the farm, and deflect and fear monger. Even in the Roman times, in the Greek times, ancient Greek and Roman times, the same thing. The same thing. People always find ways to deflect from what the issues are at hand. The same thing Colin Kaepernick. People found ways to deflect. He said, I'm kneeling down to draw attention to the unjust and indiscriminate killing of unarmed black people, especially black men, by police officers. 
now rather than listen and give credence to what he was saying people started deflecting or you're disrespecting the flag or you're uh, disrespecting the veterans or you're disrespecting the military and stared away stared away from his point even though he said he wanted to sit down at first he was indeed sitting down for the anthem but a veteran a military veteran one of the people apparently he was disrespecting so just said to him when you sit down it's disrespectful but you should kneel down because that's a sense symbolic of prayer of of praying you know so you should sit down you should kneel down during the anthem to show respect to the fallen soldiers and draw attention to what you're doing but what did we get people deflected same thing is going on right now people are deflecting oh namdikano oh this person oh that person oh violent people oh dude but how about the main gist of what the issue is about if you've ever lived in nigeria you you would know what i'm saying is true that sometimes you see a military man you see a policeman who tell you i will shoot you and nothing will happen and lo and behold the policeman or the military man will shoot at people they die and nothing indeed happens no accountability politicians go into office they embezzle funds they steal money and nothing happens except they are on the opposing party on you know and when they come in line with the party in power all the charges disappear all the charges are dropped so where's the accountability and then now you want to deflect you want to deflect from what the issues are at hand come on now come on come on this is not the time for deflection no no this is not the time for deflection this is the time for taking the opportunity and causing real change and let this change not end with the answers movement rather the answers movement should be a catalyst for change in nigeria so when i say which way nigeria upwards should be the way fighting for justice should be the way chasing accountability and demanding accountability should be the way and demanding that your votes count should be the way if you're a thug if you're one of those boys that carry ballot boxes think about it you're selling your future away though they give you a hundred thousand naira what does it do? what does it do for you at the end of the day if you're injured if you're sick you go to the hospital you don't get proper treatment you've sold you sold that away at the election ground when you you run with election boxes for a hundred thousand naira same thing you know when you when you, 
you as a policeman even as a policeman you are affected by this as well you and I you're Nigerian as well you're affected by this so don't say oh um, no 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 you're affected by this as well someone will say which way Nigeria opposite Nigeria which way Nigeria accountable accountability Nigeria say which way Nigeria demanding fair elections and letting our actions show which way Nigeria we're changing the narrative because corruption has an effect that even when you're Nigerian you travel outside you go to other countries Nigerian those countries will be corrupt as well but the narrative is Nigeria is especially corrupt Nigeria is especially this or the other So let's change the narrative. That is the way Nigeria. My name remains Ugamadi. And just hold on tight if you've been on this ride with me as we dive into the third segment in a few seconds. So just keep on listening on Spotify, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts. And on Monday, the Ugo Steak Football Show will be back. And all your Ugo Steak favorites like Heroes and Villains will be coming up, will be coming back. Ugo Takes on Business will be coming back. So just keep on, keep the faith. Thank you, all ye faithfuls who have stayed on to the very last segment. You are the real MVPs, the real champions. You stayed on through the first segment and up to the last segment, which I'm on at the moment. Thank you for all of you that follow on Facebook, on Twitter, that like on Facebook rather, that follow on Twitter, that follow on Instagram. You know that. Just listen to the podcast all over the world because I checked my analytics um, a few days ago and I saw people listening from Canada, listening from Singapore, listening from Ireland, you know, listening from Germany even, listening from different parts of the world and all people actually listening to what I have to say from all over the world, even in parts of the world where you know, English isn't the first language. They still find ways to listen to what I have to say. That's amazing. So thank you all. You're the real MVPs. And like I said, I want to improve and increase my rate of engagement with people. I like to talk to people, see what you think about the podcasts, see what you think on where the podcasts can improve. And if you have questions to ask generally or you disagree with me, on things I've said, let's have a go, you know, because there's always room for healthy debate, healthy disagreement. You can disagree on, on issues, you know, say, okay, I feel Trump is better than Joe Biden. I feel that Joe Biden should have lost the election. Let's have that discussion. If you feel there's a different way for Nigeria to improve, whether you're Nigerian or not, or you have that mind, you, ha- you have ideas on how Nigeria could be better, you have ideas that are different from mine, let's have a discussion. There's always room for 
healthy debate, healthy conversation, healthy disagreement. That's what life is about because we are all different people. We have different mindsets, even twins, even identical twins, <laughs> obviously, that are born from the same womb are different. They have the different mindsets, different opinions on things. So, my listeners as well, you would have different opinions to what I have. You definitely have a different opinion to what I have. And let's have the discussion. You can send me an email to ugostake at coolsite.net. That is U-G-O-S hyphen T-A-K-E at C-O-O-L-S-I-T-E dot N-E-T. You can also follow me on Twitter and tweet at me at stakeugo. That is S-T-A-K-E-U-G-O. You could also follow me on Instagram, that is U-G-O-S underscore T-A-K-E. So, um, just send me a message, drop me a comment, and let's get the discussion flowing. You could also join my WhatsApp group if you want. You can send, send me a text, and I will send you a link to the group. Or, if you want, I could just add you on as a contact and add you um, to the group. That's, like I said, if you want or if you just want to be listening to the podcast, that's perfectly fine. 100% fine. So now let's go on. Let's move on to the last segment. What are we talking about? Business strategy review. Now this is for, this is a business tip for small businesses, um, small for startups and things like that. You know, for this point, I'd just like to give a shout out to Juicy African Kitchen. You know, that if you live in Leeds, they'll be doing deliveries at this period because the UK has gone into another lockdown that'll be um, ending hopefully on the 2nd of December. So you can place your orders with them. You can go on to the website and um, you can place the order with them. They're in Leeds, uh, 40 Beaston Road. So uh, so Sicily's Kitchen as well. It'll take care of you if you have problems with cooking and things like that. You could place your orders and they'll get them sent to you. Unfortunately, due to the lockdown, um, they're unable to do in in-house um, service. That will be provide in-house service. You can you can dine in in at this point probably until the second of December. So you're probably able to get your deliveries um, um, sent to you. So. Uh, juicy african kitchen so you could look at them as well and there's tontos there's just you have the tontos as well uh tontos aroma and a good business as well um owned by um africa owned by nigerians as well and you also have um antiphibis kitchen you know antiphibis uh, not a kitchen antiphibis a shop where you could get your chicken, your vegetables, all you need to make your, you know, your jello fries, make your goosey soup and things like that. So just endeavor to patronize those people, you know, to help you in this period as well. So, but if Nigerian food isn't your thing, you have Sicily's Kitchen, they do, it's not Sicily's Kitchen, Sicily's, they do their um, deliveries as well. So you can get deliveries from them um too uh so you could also go to cc continental as well to get your food stuff and your other 
needs Tesco's, try your Tesco's Express as well to get your food stuff. If Nigeria um, food isn't your thing, you can get your milk, your stuff from them, and and that's uh, that's good too. So let's um, keep going now. Let's dive straight in. Now this is a business tip that many people don't know. It's a business tip, or it's something you should do, because one of the most obstinate group of people you will ever meet are creative people or small business owners because they have the chip we have the chip on our shoulder i created this from my mind you know then there can't be anything wrong with this you know we walk with a chip on our shoulder but sometimes it's always good and indeed advisable to have a recheck have a review of your business strategy like if you listen to the first episode the very very first episode of the podcast i was just speaking of the cough my show notes were all mental i didn't have show notes drafted but now i've reviewed my business strategy and now i'm having now i have show notes that will make show notes for each episode so each segment we have what we're discussing for each segment and I don't just go off the cuff anymore. That's, that's, that's one of the benefits of reviewing your business strategy. You know, of reviewing your business strategy. You know, like I have reviewed my business strategy to know that I would have some interviews and some shows would just be just me, you know, reaching out to the people have different platforms where you have your, uh, um, the podcast going out to that helps to extend the reach of the podcast that's the benefit of re- i've gotten from reviewing my pod my podcast um delivery strategy so let's say you have a small business and you a restaurant for instance review your strategy if probably you usually have uh, do just deliveries review in-house just like I've said, you have this with lockdown in place. You have to review your strategy. You know how do I how do I get this product to the to the, my customers or my clientele? Okay, we do deliveries because they can come into it. That's when you review your strategy. That's what you get. Okay, you might then think, oh, all right. Mm, usually, I have people coming in to work for to work in my space, but now. I'm not a big company, so I'm not able to get all the fully subscribed Skype for business and things like that. You could still use Skype, your regular Skype, and use it for business. Yeah, you could still use that use for business. Or you could get Trello, for instance, a project management application where you could assign tasks to each person in your small business that has a role to execute or perform in your business and you could use zoom to have should i say a face plus screen meeting you know (laughs) a face in front of screen meeting still face-to-face meeting if you ask me is virtual but still face-to-face to have that meeting and then you still have that oral interaction that you would have you know so reviewing your business strategy is always important like for me as well my comic books 
that, that I've been working on, you know, that I've been working on, I've also found a strategy that will bring them up because I've been having the battle of how do I bring this in within the required time scale within the deadline that I've set for myself and bringing them on the cost, on the budget. You know, I've, and I've found the strategy to, to, as, to do that. So very soon, very, very soon, the comics will be out because I've been saying this for Ian's. I've tried Kickstarter. I'm not giving up on Kickstarter, don't mind. Mind you, I'm not giving up Kickstarter. Before you say, Hugo, you remember in one of your episodes, you say, don't give up, keep going on. I'm not giving up, but I've just re-strategized. You know, because sometimes with Kickstarter, you need to build a fan base, like a real fan base that wants to see your work, you know, that practically drooling for your work, for your comic book. You know, you have to create that fan base and the strategy I have in place now to see me bring the books on the budget within the, within the required time scale, within the required time scale tolerances that are in place for for the Wahala Comics project, individual titles project, five books I'm looking to bring out so within the within deadline, within the times time tolerance, it will be done. So that will be achieved. And, I ha- and I'm happy with that. So review. You should have that need to constantly review your business. Always. And take that chip off your shoulder sometimes as an entrepreneur, as an as a creative. I know. Believe me, I know. I know. You know, sometimes like, oh this is so this idea is just so wonderful. I, I no, I don't want to I don't want to take away from me. Anything I do now would would take away if I take something off it, it's going to spoil it. If I add something to it, it's going to change, it's going to affect its authenticity you know it's going to affect the, what, how I want it to be but sometimes you have to re-strategize look at your business goals and ask yourself how do the method I'm using at this point in time is it really feasible to execute or achieve my business goals to achieve my short-term business goals, my mid-term business goals, and my long-term business goals. Or the strategy I'm using, would it be best for my long-term business goals as opposed to my short-term business goals? Should I look for a different means or tool to execute my short-term business goals while I have the documentation of my long of the tools to achieve my long-term business goals in one place and I adopt a new method to achieve my short-term business goals because every success counts because if you're able to be successful in your respect to your short-term business goals then you know then you have that joy you have that sense of satisfaction to say yeah I've achieved this now I'll move on to the next. You know, I've achieved this. I can move on 
to the next. I can move on to the next. I know I'll be able to achieve the next business goal, the next business objective. Review your strategy. Now, it could be your operational strategy. It could be your execution strategy that you need to review. Review. Because every business reviews its strategy. Like, I can't obviously give you details, but Disney had to review its business strategy. A mammoth company worth billions had to review its strategy. You know, your company, a company isn't worth billions if things aren't working very, very well. So in this Disney, there's no gain saying that it's a company that's worth billions and things are going on very well at the company. But at some point, Disney discovered that Netflix was cornering the market with respect to streaming and they looked at themselves, you know, to say, oh, we've got lots of properties. We are Disney, so we should have our own streaming service. So they have Disney Plus. That's another revenue enough for the company. So even as a small business, you should review your business strategy. So once again, my name is Uga Mari, and I'll say thank you for listening all through from the first segment to this last segment. I want to say thank you so much because you guys, my listeners, my followers are the real MVP. So keep listening. Keep being faithful to your dreams, to your ambitions, to your goals in life. And enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.